Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Adrift. Now, I would like you to just bear in mind that sometimes things start poorly and get better. (laughs) If you think about David Bowie when he started out, he's releasing things like The Laughing Gnome. You couldn't necessarily tell from that what he would then become. Uh, Also, Blackadder famously had a terrible first series. Mm, Yep. Now, the other side of that is a lot of things start out poorly and continue to be poor and, if anything, get worse. Yeah, there's that as well, yeah. But let's yeah. just set that aside <laughs> Yeah, okay. for a second. So what is this podcast then? Um, in the description, we have written a comic tragedy for anyone flailing in a sea of their own inadequacy, which I think goes some way towards describing what we're setting out to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was thinking about was... It's if, if in your life, as you move through your life, you feel like you've turned up at an event and you misjudge the dress code. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that happens to me every event I go to. Well, that, every. Yeah, that, that is, um, if that feeling is very familiar to you <laughs> yeah. in life, then um, that's what this podcast is trying to get at. I, I had it recently. I have a baby son and we take him for swimming lessons on a weekend. I say swimming lessons. It, it's What you're actually doing is holding a baby in the water and swishing it around while singing singing songs. So he's not doing butterfly, is that what you're saying? No, not right. yet. Not okay. yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much danger of him becoming a baby Olympian okay. any time soon. Anyway, it was getting near the end of term in the swimming lessons and the teacher said, okay, next week is the splashathon. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Sounds, what is the splashathon? And she she says, well, what the Splashathon is, is every year we raise money for charity by doing a, a, a sponsored swim. The baby has to do one width. <laughs> and everybody, the babies, the, the parents, me, everybody, we, we turn up in fancy dress. And this year, the theme is either princes and princesses or superheroes or Peppa Pig. Okay, wow, they stretched from our wide there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 we're almost at a point where I don't think you can call that a theme. It's not clearly yeah. defined. No, no, it's just where you want, really, like, yes. in terms of yeah. fancy dress, yeah. So anyway, I think I will join in, though, because it's for charity. So I'm talking to my wife. She's never seen Peppa Pig, so she she doesn't want to do that. Ooh, okay. Superheroes, that, that feels like oh, everybody's going to do superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we decide on prince stroke princess theme. Okay. And we... Uh, we decide to go with the Princess Bride, you know the film. Yeah, I, I'm going to go as the princess, Buttercup. Okay. My wife decides to go as her suitor, Wesley. Right. And then we decide we're going to dress the baby up as Andre the Giant, you know, physic from the film, okay. the big lumbering giant. So she spends some time making him a wig. <laughs> A baby in a wig, right? Yeah. If, if you were to look at the wig, you wouldn't necessarily guess that she'd spent some time making okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. It was lots of bobbles <laughs> right. glued glued to a hat okay, to, to signify curly hair. Right, right. But I went for it. I wore a, a blonde wig and a, a tiara. Oh, lovely. And, um, and a, a swimming costume. And a swimming costume? Yeah, because... A ladies okay, one. A ladies swimming costume, yeah. Because... <laughs> The thing is, there there isn't a swimming scene, I don't think, in The Princess Bride. 
but I couldn't get into the small swimming pool in a dress. I'm not a strong swimmer. What if I drowned? Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So You didn't uh, do that thing where you had to swim in your pyjamas, which would have been equally... No, no, no. no, no. I missed a lot of swimming lessons at school right. due to a perforated eardrum. Oh, okay, right, okay. So I imagine what a princess would wear to the swimming baths, and of course it would be a swimming costume. Of course, yeah. And then my wife went as Wesley the suitor, so she wore kind of like a, a, a face mask and she drew on a moustache. Does she wear trunks? <laughs> She didn't because she didn't commit to the fancy dress in the oh, same way as I did. What a shame, okay. So so the day comes and um, I go into the men's changing room. My wife goes with the baby into the other changing room and we emerge. We're running slightly late, so we think we've got here after all the other parents. Okay. So I go and get into my lady's costume. <laughs> I, I burst out at the same time as my wife dressed as a man in a mask and the baby dressed as a giant in an unconvincing wig, burst yeah. out of the ladies' changing rooms. Yeah. Only to see, uh, firstly, that it's sparsely attended. Oh. The, the teacher isn't there. What? She's off sick, so they've had to get another teacher who hasn't joined in with a fancy dress. And then there are two other parents, each with a child. Yeah. Um, one of the children is, is roughly in fancy dress in that it's a girl wearing a tiara. Okay. The other one isn't in any fancy dress. And none of the parents have made the effort. You're the only one. Yes. <laughs> now in this situation what i should be feeling is that i've got some kind of moral high ground like there was this great event happening for charity but the others didn't join in and i did and i should take some pride in that yeah that's how you should feel but i just felt very ashamed of me and my family yeah that's a normal way to feel <laughs> yeah so if, if that sensation is a familiar feeling to you then then this is the podcast for you Later, when you go for a walk, you can take this show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just, it's, it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog, but just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Well, this podcast isn't anything if it's not a support group for like-minded people and we do encourage you to join in with the programme, uh, we threw out some topics in the preview episode, which included shyness is nice, uh, blurting things out, the lengths you go to avoid things, pretending to know what you're doing. How's it looking, Annabelle? Well, this is from Cam, who says, I have a little story for you on the length I go to avoid things. I used to get a coffee from the local Pret just down the road from where I work. The lady in there was way too loud and friendly for the morning. I had to stop going in there just to avoid having to say hello back to her. <laughs> now I get my coffee from another Pret 10 minutes out of my way. The extra 10-minute walk is a small price to pay to avoid the sanctity of my mornings being corrupted by over-friendly barristers. I, I can carve up my life into chapters, uh, and those chapters are when I became too familiar to people in cafes and they started getting too chatty and then I had to move on to a different cafe. Oh, OK. And what I want to point out here is... It's not their chattiness that makes me bristle. It's my inability to know what to say back in the small talk. Uh, I struggle with that. I think yeah. I, I, I like it that people are friendly, mm -mm. but I just end up feeling so uncomfortable. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make some quip and it'll fall flat. The stress of it. Yeah, all. yeah. yeah. So, so that is how I divide my life up. Shyness is nice. Mm -hmm. This is from Alex. In the 1970s, I was a very shy school child. On the last day of primary school, everyone was doing a celebratory conger around the school playground, except me, as I was too shy and also desperately needed the toilet. But again, due to my shyness, I always waited till I got home for a number two. Oh. Friends kept encouraging me to join in, but I kept resisting. But eventually, I gave in and joined the tale of the conger. No. I decided that this was my chance to express myself, and I did. I enthusiastically sang and danced the conga, losing myself in the end of school hysteria. <laughs> Unfortunately, I became a bit relaxed and over-exuberant and performed one extravagant conga leg flick too many, resulting in a nugget of poo coming free, dropping down my flared trouser leg and rolling along the playground floor. This trauma has never left me. I now work as a mental health nurse. <sighs> Okay, this is another one of those situations where time travel springs to mind. And yet again, I find myself not wanting to go back and kill Hitler, but <laughs> wanting to go back and intervene and say, don't join the Conga. <laughs> and this is from Chris. 
You asked for shyness's nice stories, so here's a recent one of mine. I was in Morocco over Easter, travelling by myself. One day I was walking through the market in Marrakesh and decided to try and get a little off the beaten track. A local man approached me, telling me there was a leather market in one direction and that it was very traditional and worth seeing. Now, it's important to know that I'm a vegetarian and haven't worn leather for more than a decade. (laughs) Too shy to say otherwise, I walk in the direction. The man who recommended it walked the same way and despite me trying to keep a few steps behind, managed to engage me in small talk. We then go to the entrance of the leather market. I was fully prepared to take a photo, move on, but was introduced to his friend who took me on a tour of the tannery. I remained too awkward to leave and ended up going on a private tour of this place, seeing and smelling where the leather is treated, cow leather, camel leather, softer apparently, leather in odd chemicals, leather drying, (laughs) the works. Of course, at the end, I'm taken to the shop to buy a locally made leather souvenir. It's now much too late to admit that I see the use of animal skin by humans as rather immoral. So engage in yet more small talk about the varieties of belts, bags and jackets they have on sale. Eventually, I say thank you for your time and make my way out. They seem rather disappointed and I was guilted into making a donation to support the work (laughs) of the tannery. Yes, I've become a financial backer of something I completely oppose. Oh. I left about a tenner lighter and rather ashamed at my shyness and levels of social awkwardness. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, if you have anything for us, I mean, those are some of the topics we, uh, we're going for. Shyness is nice, blurting things out, the lengths you've gone to to avoid things, pretending to know what you're doing when actually you don't. Um, but if if any of these, or in fact any of the issues raised in this podcast, chime with you in any way, then then please give us your story. You can email us at hello at adriftpodcast.com. That's hello at adriftpodcast.com. You're adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted and a friend that was with you all the time who is also watching you closely judging So it's very possible that you've downloaded this podcast having never heard Annabelle and myself before and you've thought, I'll take a chance on that. And it's also quite possible that at this point you're thinking, it's not for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You'll know by now, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and if so, thank you for trying it. Mm. And um, we we completely understand and we wish you all the best in life. Yeah. There are, however, some people who've been um, listening to Annabelle and myself on the radio for many years and now we've been off the radio for a few months there's a little bit of catching up to do and I thought to to get started with this new podcast I could get Annabelle to fill you in with some of the stuff that's been going on with her and uh, I I know that your dog Rusty Scruff who is can you remind people what what type of dog he is Uh, it's a cross between a Jack Russell and Yorkshire Terrier and his name is Rusty Scruff yeah but you you also give him uh, an elongated form of his name which is currently uh, well, Rusty Scruff, the Teddy Bear King, he's firm but fair, is his longest version of his name. He's generally just Rusty. Generally just Rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why don't you fill us in on how things are going on with you and your dog, Rusty Scruff, the Teddy Bear King, he's firm but fair. Yes, okay. So when did I get Rusty? I think like a year and a half. I mean, I should know, but I'm asking you. <laughs> like about a year and a half ago, I think. It was March last year anyway. Right. And I don't think that I ever told you why I got the dog. And you didn't ask, I don't think. I have a lack of curiosity. (laughs) Right, right, right. I will often ask people about themselves, but I'm generally just doing it so I don't have to talk about myself. Okay. But... But um, you love dogs. Like, you'd think, well, why wouldn't you get a dog, probably? This, this is thinking. true. This is true, yeah. yeah. And there are lots of reasons that people get dogs. And the main reason was that my boyfriend really wanted a dog. He would go on about it a lot. So, mm-hmm. no, that's the main reason. There was also another reason, and this is really terrible, but basically... Somebody had told me that some of their friends were trying for a baby for ages and it just wasn't happening. And then they got a dog and like, wham, it just happened. And apparently it's a thing. You get a dog and then you get a baby. And why wouldn't the two things be connected? (laughs) Why wouldn't looking after something smaller than yourself send some kind of subliminal message to your ovaries or testes of, look, they can do it. Wake (laughs) up, sort it out. Uh, Once again, you've shown a great understanding of science there. (laughs) I'm no biologist. I'm no biologist, but I think that's how it works. 
And I really want a baby, but my reproductive system is like an ancient parchment about to disintegrate into dust. But getting a dog is going to sort this out. And I've tried everything else. And I know it's a terrible reason to get a dog. Mm. But I like dogs as well, you know, and our working hours means there's someone always at home. You know, it makes sense. So we get the dog. And first of all, why didn't I just get one years ago? Why wouldn't you want to come home and have something greet you that is so happy to see you? They run the entire length of the hallway so excited that they wee the whole way down, (laughs) leaving a long line of urine. And my boyfriend's often happy to see me, but he's never lost control of his bladder when I've got in. And I don't want you to think that he's my substitute child, but I do hold him like a baby, which he'll tolerate for about three seconds. And when I towel him off after a bath, I sing rub-a-dub-dub three men in a dub. <laughs> and he knows breakfast is Brecky Bruha and dinner is Dinny Dido's. And I will stop there before you hate me more than I hate myself for all this. I don't say fur baby, though. There are some lines I don't cross. Fur baby. Yeah. And we don't do the whole mummy and daddy thing. Because it's mama and papa. <laughs> and just to be clear, you've, you've never attempted to, to nurse him. <laughs> I've never attempted okay. to nurse him. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Anyway, so get to the point of the story now. So mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, um, I was at a barbecue with my dog and mm-hmm. my boyfriend. And there were lots of children there. And there were some lovely ones. And there was one child in particular, very full of beans, let's say. And he kept hitting my boyfriend over the head with a balloon and saying, let's go and punch some willies. Strange. Whereas my dog at the barbecue, also very full of beans. (laughs) Because you know what dogs at barbecues are? He sees the world through his nose. Mm. And his favourite thing in the world is meat. So it's some kind of meat heaven to him. So he's going up to everyone with a paper plate and just sitting by them and staring up at them mournfully. Mm. And he's not whining because I brought him up better than that. But, you know, especially if you don't like dogs, I would imagine it would be kind of annoying. But nobody seems to mind, but perhaps in the way that my boyfriend didn't seem to mind when asked for the 11th time if he wanted to go and punch some willies. Because, you know, we're all polite people, aren't we? And it's someone's beloved child is what we do. Anyway, at one point it's raining. So I go into the living room and I see a woman say to my dog, my beloved dog, who's sitting there staring up at a paper plate. I hear her say to him, will you go away? (gasps) And worse still, it's mother of willy punching child. I know. And then I see my dog obey her and go away because he's so well brought up. I'm so enraged because she doesn't think my dog is cute and she hasn't tried to hide it. (laughs) So I'm seething for the next hour until I get a chance to take my revenge because her child, Willy Punch child, Mm -hmm. is feeding my dog a lot of cheesy biscuits, which obviously is not great for a dog. Mm. So making sure the mum is in earshot, I say, and here is my big revenge, I say, Oh, I think the dog has had enough biscuits now. <laughs> oh, I really showed her, didn't I? So late, so late. <laughs> but I felt better because that is how I deal with people who don't display the correct level of awe at mm. my dog's amazingness. Mm. And Rusty is amazing because he did get me pregnant. What? Not in that way. Oh, so <laughs> not in that way. That came out wrong. He's not that amazing. But it worked. He did leave me to finally getting pregnant. I mean, it was that, all the fourth IVF attempt and the numerous other (laughs) medical interventions. No, no, it's definitely the dog. So I am having a baby quite soon, just as we got this podcast up and running. (laughs) Sure, it'll be fine. (laughs) And I'm really excited about teaching the child to threaten to punch willies at barbecues. (laughs) I feel like I've got so much to look forward to. Congratulations. Thanks, thanks. I mean, I will point out I did know this already. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm not learning it for the first time. That would have been some information to sit on. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. That is uh, that is Annabelle's news. This is warm and friendly, and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play, after all, with your thumb. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. So I can't remember if I have thanked you yet for downloading this podcast, um, but from from on behalf of both Annabelle and myself, we're very grateful to you for downloading it. And what would be great, however unlikely is if you could get some other people to listen to it too. Oh, that would be great, yeah. But you appreciate the, the likelihood of that is low. Very. But, but one of the ways in which we can maybe build the audience of this is by getting it visible on the iTunes chart, because I know there are lots of ways in, people, in which people find podcasts, but iTunes is still the most popular one. And, and the way to get up iTunes isn't just about how many people download it, 
because if it was, we we would be screwed. Yeah. It's about getting little bursts of subscribers in short amounts of time. And it's about getting ratings and reviews on iTunes. Ah, uh, yes. So I know this is a lot of effort, but if you could go onto iTunes and uh, give, give the podcast a, a star rating, did you hear what I nearly said then? No. What- I said, if you could go onto... Uh, iTunes and give the podcast a five star rating, <laughs> but I but I really think that actually, I mean, <laughs> could you? <laughs> yeah. But but please do. I mean, just give us five stars. Be nice. Come on now. Yeah, come on. I, either don't give us any. Yeah. Don't review it. Just just leave it be. Yeah. Uh, or or give us five. Don't give one. No, that's not going to help. It's going to drag the average down. Yeah. If anything, yeah. if you don't bother reviewing it, then then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to five, please, yes, please. Um, and and writing a little review also helps podcast get a bit of momentum but like i say there is a lot of effort involved i've had friends uh, write books or launch podcasts and they've said oh well, you write a review on amazon or itunes or whatever and, and then i just never get around to it because mm. i don't know what to write i'm the sort of person who when when a birthday card comes around or a leaving card oh, yeah. I just, i've got no idea what to write in those things yeah, yeah. so writing a review is very overfacing. so i thought we could make that process easy for you and what i've done is copied out some reviews okay from the most popular podcast of all time <laughs> right right which is of course serial serial of, of course it is um so if you can't be bothered thinking up a review for this podcast but you would like to try and help us get a bit, a bit of traction you can just copy one of these reviews and what i've done is I've, I've, I've written them out and i've put a few of them into a teapot and maybe annabelle you could draw out oh, okay uh glasses are going on um Ooh. Draw out some of these and and read people examples of reviews they could okay. write. You could just you could just write this if you can't think of your own. Okay. <clears throat> no unnecessary drama. Just facts, questions, more facts, more questions, and a mission to establish the truth. Five stars. There's <laughs> another one. one. My sister said this was brilliant, but as gloom and doom depresses me, I approach with caution. After one minute, I was hooked. Five stars. I think all these are, are equally <laughs> applicable to Absolutely. us as they are to Serial. Another? I'm in training as an investigative psychologist and can say it's really enthralling stuff. Five stars. One more and then we'll, then we'll um, stop browbeating you with this stuff. <laughs> Very high production standard. I'm impressed by the quality and there is no hint of voyeurism. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that one. <laughs> yeah. maybe. So if you could go on to iTunes and, and give us five stars and maybe use one of those reviews, Annabelle and I would be extremely grateful. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. So I think a lot of what this podcast is, is stories of trying and failing uh, to to handle life like a, a well-adjusted, capable person. And every week, something I want to do is delve into uh, an example of this in my life and see if I can't figure out how to fix it. And in that way, other people in similar situations can learn how to handle this for themselves and become more functional. Great. Uh, in, in a segment, I think we're going to call The Incident. Okay, I like the name. So- What you're listening to here, with permission from the artist, I must add, is a snippet of the new single from Self-Esteem. It's called Your Wife. Now, Self-Esteem is Rebecca Taylor, who is one half of the band Slow Club. And Rebecca's a friend of mine. And somewhat recently, we agreed to meet up for a cup of tea. Okay. Now, I think, where am I going to meet a a cool musician? Mm. And I decide on a cafe at a bookshop. Okay. So I arrive at this bookshop 
probably 20 minutes early. And to kill time, I think I'll go and look around the books. And as I'm doing so, I think, oh, I know what would be fun. It would be fun to buy Rebecca a book for when she arrives and say, I got you a little present. Oh, nice. Now, I'm sure you'll agree on this. It's a minefield buying people books. It's difficult, yeah. It is difficult yeah. because, you know, if, if you don't give it that much thought, all you're doing is imposing your taste onto somebody else. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, you can end up having your own taste judged. Oh, the right. worst. Yes. 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 So I think here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to buy an ironic book. I'm going to buy a book that we will both know is a ridiculous book to give as a present, and then it'll be a little joke between the two of us. Okay. Right. So I go to the celebrity autobiography section. Yeah. And I'm browsing, and I think, what would be a funny book to get for Rebecca? And I see the uh, the autobiography of Scarlett Moffat oh, yeah. from Gogglebox. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's good, but it's not quite right. See the uh, latest volume of... Uh, Jordan Andre, Katie, Katie Price, oh, um, another one. the latest volume of hers. I right. think a lot has happened in her life since the <laughs> last one a couple of weeks ago. Right. I think that's not quite the thing either. And then I see it. I think that is the perfect book. There it is looking at me from the shelf. The Life of Rylan. Oh, nice. Uh, if people don't know who Rylan is, can you quickly uh, quickly explain? Well, he was on The X Factor. He was kind of a joke contestant, but not because he kind of could sing, but he was a big personality and maybe he came seventh or sixth or something. And then he came on to be, went on to be a big TV star, TV mm. presenter. And I have to say, I, I genuinely think he's really good on television. I think he's lovely. But yeah. there is something inherently ridiculous about him. Yeah. And, and the fact that Rylan has an autobiography, there's something funny about that, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. The Life of Rylan, it's a funny title. It's a funny picture of him on the front. I'll get that in a paper bag and I'll present it to Rebecca when she arrives. Okay. I then have a dilemma. Do you know what the dilemma is? I don't know. I have to take this book to the till. Yes. And I don't know if you're with me on this, but I think there's a certain type of person who works in a bookshop. Yeah. I think they're lovely and smart. Yeah. And what I don't want them to think oh. is that I'm some kind of moron. Oh, <laughs> you don't really, the kind of person that would, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I'm going to try and do is convey that I'm buying this ironically with my facial expression. Oh, okay. Brave. So, so I'm going to do an impersonation of myself handing over the book to the, oh, to the bookseller now oh, to you. Okay. Ready? So yeah, I'm, I'm walking yeah. to the counter with the life of Rylan. Yeah. You're, you're the gentleman in the cardigan behind the counter. Okay. I hand it over. Yeah. What, oh. do, what does that expression say? It, it, it doesn't say what you're trying to say. Okay. And and it also looks a bit like mm, I don't know how to say this kindly. It looks like you're a bit simple. <laughs> Sorry. Which would be another valid explanation as to why I was buying the life of Rylan. Yeah. So anyway, there was no there was no indication that he understood what I was trying to convey. Right. And it felt like a grubby transaction. Yeah. Oh. So what is the correct way to behave in that situation? I've taken some time to try and find out. Oh. My name's Simon Key, and I'm the co-owner of the Big Green Bookshop in Wood Green, North London. And, and do you understand that from a customer's point of view, a bookshop can be quite an intimidating place to walk into? Because, of, of course, you think of bookshops as these lovely places with bookish people in them, but you can, you can also you know, feel ignorant, I guess, compared to people behind the counter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we live, you know, especially with social media, when, you know, you follow like-minded people, you live in this bubble where you think, you know, everyone loves books, everyone talks about books and stuff, but it's just not true. And people do feel intimidated about going into places where you feel that the person behind the counter has this magnificent knowledge that, you know, that you're kind of, oh my God, you know, if I say anything wrong, they're going to just mock me. I told Simon about the incident with the copy of The Life of Rylan and I proposed a reconstruction to gauge his professional opinion. I'll take a book off the shelf here. I'm going to hand this book to you with the facial, with an approximation of the facial expression that I tried in this bookshop the other day, and, and I'd like your honest opinion of it, please, sir. OK. What, what was that conveying to you? You were sort of looking at me in a kind of I'm really sorry kind of way. I'm sorry I'm buying this book. Obviously you realise it's not something that you're comfortable buying. But at the same time, yeah, it does look like you're saying, I, understand, I know that it's not, not, it's not 
this doesn't look good on me. I understand you, and I hope you get it. I hope you understand it. Do you think you would have? You think it would have gleaned that with without the backstory? <laughs> uh, that facial expression was very, very clear. And as as far as the strategy goes, is it one you would recommend I adopt in the future, or do you think I should just try and try and own it a bit more? Uh, yeah, I, you could you could work on it. Yeah, practice in the mirror. You know, it's just to sort of absolutely perfect it. It might work really well. Yeah, I think it would. In fact, you could probably bring out a, a YouTube video with that impression, and you could, or you maybe sell it. Sell that. Maybe a book, a flick book. A flick book, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> How do, how do I say your name? I'm a bit worried about the umlaut. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the correct umlaut would be Rick, but you can say Rock if, if you want to. That's uh, I'm, I'm kind of used to that and will not take any offence. Christian Rick is a psychiatrist and an associate professor at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. Are you familiar with the work of Rylan? I'm, I'm afraid not, no. I told Christian about the incident, and I asked him to assess the situation. Well, I think, uh, I mean, a major factor in for everyone is uh, the threat of being socially excluded by other people or socially judged. I mean, it's a, it's a threat that we scan other people for all the time, signs of disapproval or dislike. And, I mean, the evolutionary thing behind it would be that being socially excluded is very damaging and dangerous. Uh, you're buying the book ironically, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you still have a value system where if someone in your ironic circle would disapprove of your ironically buying the book, it would still be affecting you, right? He is right. I wanted the man in the bookshop to be part of my ironic circle. I asked the professor how this kind of thing could spiral out of control. Yeah, so what you're referring to is called social phobia or social anxiety disorder, where you're really worried about other people's judgment about you to a degree that it will be a problem in your life. So it might even be hard to go up to the shop assistant and buy the book because you're worried about the strange face you're making or... You're actually not making a strange face, but what if they still think that? How would you go about fixing something like that? Is that um, like cognitive behavioral therapy? Exactly. So cognitive behavioral therapy here would be actually uh, by trying out new behavior, things you are afraid of, basically, um, to um, reevaluate those thoughts that you have of other be- what other people think of you and how it affects you. So would I then have to go and spend a lot of money on different celebrity autobiographies? Yes, of course. <laughs> but, but it would typically be a thing that... Uh, so walking across Oxford Street with your both hands raised and see how people react to that. Is it really that bad? Will people really judge you so much? Or will it be... Will, don't... I mean, I think the outcome most often is that people don't really care so much. But if I saw somebody I knew walking across Oxford Street doing that, part of me might think, oh, I hope they're okay. The other part of me would really judge them and I couldn't wait to get home and tell my wife about it. Well, but maybe you would, if it was a slightly different situation, you might also think, what a a cool person who really doesn't really care about other people judging him for buying this book. Right. I don't know. I, I th- I'm quite impressed with people who've got the self-awareness to know when they are and they're not being right. judged, I think. I'm just going to set it recording. Are you playing the spoons there? Oh, no, I was doing the washing up and oh. now I'm trying to sort of take it, take it off. But I feel like if I'm giving advice, it's actually quite a good thing to be doing the washing up because then it makes it like a kitchen sink drama. This is Josie Long. She's a comedian. She's both outdoorsy and bookish. She co-hosts the Book Shambles podcast with Robin Ince. I told her about what had happened and I asked her if she thought me making faces at the shop assistant was a good idea. No, his way. It's not like you're buying Mein Kampf. (laughs) Like, it's not a bad book. 
it's just a book that is, does not befit you as an adult, right? Mm. But here's the thing. When I was doing my English literature degree, I also bought every single week, Take a Break, That's Life, and Chat magazine every week, right? You like, so, a, you like a word search. Sure, I love a word search. I love a tragic tale. But the thing is, like, they're going to make their judgments of you regardless, and their judgments are, like, going to be so different to what you think they are. So this guy at the bookshop, you're going to be thinking he's going to be thinking, well, why isn't he reading that guy who wrote also called My Struggle, but definitely not a Nazi book? The, Carlo, the Carlo a Norwegian, Carlova Nausgaard. Sure. Yes, I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, but exactly. Yeah. He's gonna. You're thinking. Oh, he should. He he should be reading Carlo Vanescat. This guy's wasting his time. But he's probably thinking. Oh, where's Tabby's autobiography? He was <laughs> as good as Ryland. Like you can't second guess. So you just have to buy it proudly and with a smile on your face. I feel this has been very useful. So, so thank you for that. And, and here's the thing I gave her the book and she smiled. And you know when there's the expression on somebody's face where you're thinking, OK, she's working out what to say. And uh, what she actually said is, did, did you keep the receipt? I've already got this. Ha! So, so it was a well-judged present. But also it does call your friend's judgment into question. Now, yes. you've been thoroughly exonerated. So, but she's the one who's now under question. You're suggesting I should unfriend her? Yes, 100%. She's definitely proved herself a uh, an unreliable person to know. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Your Wife by Self-Esteem is available to buy now. Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, just $4 a month, you can give money to this charity and then uh, it will just come straight out of your bank account and then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe and then kill babies and small children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, Adrift. Once again, thanks for downloading the podcast. We mentioned earlier that we would be extremely grateful if, if you did us the enormous favour of leaving a review and a rating on iTunes and making sure that you subscribe. Another thing we talked about in the preview, and I still feel slightly uncomfortable with this, mm. is Patreon. Ah, yes. Now, this is something a lot of podcasts and, and other creative ventures do. See, I feel uncomfortable even saying calling this creative. <laughs> um but they, they asked for small donations to keep it going because, as I also mentioned in the preview, I've gotten myself into terrible debt at building this studio in my loft and it would be great to think we could try and recoup some of it. Um, and Annabelle, as we learned earlier, will be will shortly have another mouth to feed in addition to that of Rusty Scruff, the mm. teddy bear king. Mm. So Patreon is a thing where you can pay people tiny amounts perhaps on a monthly basis, um, pay, pay people who create things like podcasts. And we have set up a page. So if you go to patreon.com stroke adrift, um, details on how to donate will be there. And I expect this to be at least as grubby a transaction as me in the bookshop <laughs> with the life of Ryland. But we would be grateful if... Um, if you gave even a little bit of something, but if you if you don't, then that's that's fine as well. Yep. I don't want you feeling awkward about it. The Americans are so much better at this kind of thing than we are. You listen to American podcasts and they're cap in hand all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just like relentlessly going on about it. Whereas you sound like you want to die right now. I, I do want to die, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is the honest truth mm. of it. Um, and something we can set up, but we haven't yet, because I would value your contribution on this, is rewards. Mm. So, for example, if you donate a pound a month, you're entitled to this. If you donate five pounds a month, you're entitled to this. Um, th th we could go up in higher increments, although I, I would guess it's unlikely. Mm -hmm. So so what would those rewards be? What would you like them to be? So I've had a look what other people do, and there seems to be a lot of bonus material. So we could do extra, maybe an extra podcast every now and again for people who, who donate a certain amount. Maybe we could just put out the unedited version. <laughs> <laughs> Pay not to have that probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we could do some video stuff mm. um, just for people who donate. I was also thinking some other possibilities. Maybe Annabelle's very good at drawing. <laughs> what? I'm not. What am I 
about all those said... wonderful illustrations you've done in the past for different uh, challenges that you've done? <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not. <laughs> so maybe maybe Annabelle could do some hand drawings. Oh, I'd be happy a to do A limited edition, oh. a limited edition hand drawing. Yeah, I'd be happy we to do We could photostat that. a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, birthday cards, perhaps at a certain level, and Christmas yeah. cards. Yeah. Or a religious festival of your choosing. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe if it got you know people were really donating at a significant level, there could be a song incorporating the names of those top tier contributors mm-hmm. performed by Annabelle on the banjo. I had to point out that I don't have the banjo anymore. What? Yeah. What happened? It it it, it broke. It died. But you still got your guitar. No, well, I've got my electric guitar. What my, happened to your acoustic? My acoustic one. My bedroom is so damp that it warped and kind of snapped. It was very bizarre. If if this isn't making you want to donate, <laughs> I don't know what it is because you're thinking, oh my God, she lives in a hovel. <laughs> it should be condemned. I know. Uh, all right, electric guitar then. Uh, or maybe if, if there was some kind of platinum oligarch level, uh, we could have an annual sleepover for those people. <laughs> We could do that. We could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these are some ideas that I had, but I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm not just saying this, I'm genuinely interested to know what you would like. If you were considering this, yeah, I'll give a couple of quid, then what, what sort of rewards sound good to you, either from that list or things that you've seen other podcasts or, or, or whatever else people use Patreon for, uh, whatever else you've seen other people do or um, stuff out of your own head. So do let us know. The page is up and running at patreon.com stroke adrift. But um, I'd really like to know what you would be interested in having as rewards. And then as we get some stuff in, hopefully from people, we will be able to set that up further. And we, and we will apply these rewards retroactively as well. If you decide to donate this week or next week before we've really clarified what they will be we will apply them to you too um so let us know the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com that's hello at adriftpodcast.com and the page is patreon.com stroke adrift excuse me do you have any wood jeff lloyd annabelle port adrift Ooh, i'm in the stream all right annabelle i uh, i phoned you a few days ago and this is how the conversation went Hello. Hi, it's me. Hi, you're right. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, just at home. Do you fancy doing something for the podcast? Yeah, sure. Do you fancy trying to make bool a thing? <laughs> bool. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're not going to ask why. Why do you want me to make bool a thing? I just thought it would be good to try and popularise a mild-mannered sport, something the meek can enjoy, because these things are so often the preserve of the strong. So that the meek can inherit the earth. Exactly, yes. And I also like it because there's something very un-Brexity about it too. That's a good thing, yeah, okay, yeah. So can I leave that with you? Yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. So how have you got on? Well, the main problem I can see is the name because it's sometimes called Bulls and sometimes Patank. And I don't really know how to say either, as was probably just really clear, mm. but I'm slightly more confident with Bulls than Patank. So I'm going to call it that for the purposes of this. Great. And I think there is a slight difference between the two, but I don't think anyone really knows. So apart from the name, another big problem and probably the sole reason it's not a massive sport here is that it's an outdoor sport and the weather here, the weather... So perhaps we could bring it indoors. What if we got a big indoor arena to be exclusively devoted to bulls? So I pick one at random, as what better way to pick? <laughs> and it's the Portsmouth Pyramid Centre. And I'm going to get them to get rid of all the other stuff they do and devote the entire centre to bulls. And let me tell you, it needs changes because they run exercise classes called both Primal and Insanity. No. Yes. No, they need to be stopped. <laughs> they need to be curtailed it, at once. Yes. Yeah. And it'll be great for them because it'll be the first ever world indoor bull centre, I assume. I mean, I didn't check past the first page of Google, but, you know, it would have been there. Presumably you're only Googling in English as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, that as well, yeah. So I call them at 3.45 on a Friday because this is the kind of call that anybody's going to really want at 3.45 <laughs> on a Friday. And I call up and my plan is to trick them into doing it. So I say, oh, hello, I'm calling with the list of the things you asked for to change the centre into the first world indoor dedicated bull centre by September. OK, the man <laughs> says, and then nothing. So I add, shall I give you the list then? 
He suggests that maybe it's best if he gets the manager to call me back as they're not around at the moment. Oh, I say, it's just that I was told to give you the list by 4pm. But I don't mention who these shadowy figures are. They're instructing me to give lists by certain times and he doesn't ask. But he does agree to take down the list. OK, I say, number one, lay gravel throughout the centre. Number two, buy 100 bulls kits. Number three, advertise worldwide. He says, OK, after each one. <laughs> and then he takes my number saying the manager will call me back. I need to add some kind of urgency here. So I add, it's just that um, the gravel is arriving tomorrow morning and there's 80,000 tonnes of it. <laughs> right, yes, I'll let him know, he tells me and assures me I'll get a call back that day. Nothing. Nothing at all. Don't worry, though. I haven't failed because I've got one more thing to try. Because I do actually own a set of bulls. What? Well, I mean, to be honest, they're my boyfriends. But, you know, what's his is mine and what's mine is his. Apart from the flat, that's mine. (laughs) Anyway, clearly what I need to do is to take the bulls set, get out there and make it a thing myself. Because I'm always getting getting things to be a thing. You know, I can't remember any at the moment. It's a bad memory. But I take them out. It's late afternoon. I don't know any gravel strips in my area, but near me there's a grassy area that's by a children's playground. I suppose you'd call that a park. (laughs) And the plan is I'm going to approach some teenagers and get them into it somehow and they'll make it a thing, these hot young people. So when I arrive, first of all, I'm sweating because these bulls are really heavy. They're quite professional ones. They're really heavy. And secondly, because of the playground, it's mostly children and their parents, which is not ideal at all. But I put my bulls down on the grass and I'm scouting around looking for someone to play with. And I'm aware that I look like something of a tragic figure. (laughs) Then I see my next door neighbour and he's waiting outside the playground bit for his kids. And he knows I've not been working much recently and it looks a lot like I've had a breakdown. (laughs) I look even more tragic standing there with these bulls on my own. So I realise I cannot wait for any teenagers. I cannot hang around. I'm going to ask the first people I see. They'll no doubt say no. I'll go home, avoid the neighbour. So there's two cool guys on a bench right by me and they're both wearing baseball caps they've got big beards they're eating ice creams I'd say they were early 20s I go right up to them and I recorded on my phone the interaction we had hey hey cool guys cool guys do you want to come and play ball with me ball yeah like the oh yeah yeah play wow yeah okay shall I bring it over here great okay of the second guy. Oh, well, yeah. Are you, are you doing some kind of cool accent there? No. It seems to me that you've gone oh. slightly American. <laughs> they were cool guys. Right. Oh, no, I'm so embarrassed. And worse still, I wasn't expecting them to say yes. In fact, I was assuming they would say no. But now I'm going to have to play the Bulls. <laughs> Do you know the Bulls rules? Vaguely. I mean, how hard is it? You just throw a jack and get a ball close to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I think that I'm going to look even weirder to my neighbour because I'm playing <laughs> bulls with people who are clearly strangers to me. Nobody has ever got bulls. And, and much younger. Much younger than me. <laughs> Nobody has ever got bulls out of a case quicker, ever. <laughs> so we play. But the thing is, I kind of enjoy myself because I win the first game. Yes, first game. Because I do worry that it might look weird if I say, oh, thanks very much after one game because the games are quite quick. Mm. And I'm enjoying myself so much that I briefly forget about my neighbour, especially as I end up thrashing those guys 3-0. <laughs> Three games is enough, though, so I leave. And I do look over at my neighbour, and he is looking at me. But he's a sort of distance away that's too far to make out pity on someone's face, so <laughs> that is good. And when I leave the cool guys, I say, oh, yeah, so uh, tell your friends about bulls, it's really cool. <laughs> Maybe in a slightly American accent. <laughs> And that, I think, was the beginning. The beginning of bulls becoming a thing. And I think I might end up world champion. (laughs) But I can never look my neighbour in the eye again, unfortunately. And that was the first episode of our podcast. Thank you for listening to it. And it'd be lovely to hear from you between now and next week. Both Annabelle and myself are on Twitter. Or you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for all the backing tracks. Their self-titled debut album is great. It's out now. I love it. You should try and see them live as well. They're fantastic. 
Thanks also to the ridiculously talented Rebecca Taylor for letting us use her debut solo single, Your Wife. It's released under the name Self Esteem. You can download it now. There's more stuff to follow. She's just brilliant. Thanks to everybody who helped out with the incident. Professor Christian Rück in Stockholm. Simon Key from the Big Green Bookshop in London. Here's a thought. Next time you're going to buy a book, instead of doing it on a big conglomerate's website online, why not do it on the Big Green Bookshop's website online? Or better still, pop in if you're nearby. And thanks to the wonderful Josie Long. Her podcast is Book Shambles, that she does with Robin Ince, and she's out on tour around the UK in October and November. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox provided the voiceovers and idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided the technical support. Kim Rainey made the artwork. Carla Gowlett took the photos. Thanks to you and the handful of other drifters for downloading this. And finally, thanks to Annabelle's dog, Rusty Scruff, the teddy bear king, for making her pregnant. Adrift. Adrift. All right, so on to the podications. These are a hangover from our old radio show podcast. And I just want to say at this point that if you are a new listener and you've just just listened to the program and thought, ah, I'm not sure about that, or even if you were kind of sure about it, you're probably well advised to turn off at this point. Yeah. This is no reflection on the contributions we, we're about to um, read from our listeners. It's just this tends to get rambly and it's it's even less structured and thought through <laughs> than what's preceded it. So uh, uh, th- there is a hard core of a dozen or so people who enjoy this part, but I think it's not for everybody. Maybe acclimatise yourself to the main body and yes. then in time when you're ready... Yes. You can stay to the very end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what this is, is uh, we dedicate the podcast to, to someone or a, f- a few people, depending on how, many, how much email we get, uh, at the end of the episode. So, um, Annabelle, podications then. Yeah, here we go. Thank you very much. The first one comes from Neil Thomas, who says, Jeff, Annabelle. Please sign me up for any updates that you'll be doing. Oh, yeah, this is something I talked about, which was if you email us, um, if it's all right with you, we will add your email address to an address book and then at some stage send out some kind of mail out or newsletter. Mm. And that's all we'll do with it. Yeah. Um, Also, on your Facebook Live, you mentioned that you might need a live audience again. Uh, I was at your show at the Roundhouse in Camden and enjoyed it so much. Yes, that's uh, that's for a thing that I can't talk about yet, not because I've been sworn to secrecy, but because I don't want to jinx it. But yes, more information on that. I'm guessing mid-September. And who knows, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do some little live things again because it was fun the one in Camden. Yeah, it's great. My wife wants us to take the podcast to the Edinburgh Festival next year. What, just to be there in a little room? What what does she want us to do on a stage? She wants us to do it on a stage. (laughs) The reason is, I think she's going to go up and do stand-up at the Edinburgh Ah. Festival next year, and she wants somebody, uh, wants some company. Right, okay. So we'll see, we'll see. I I can't imagine it'll happen, but there it is. Um, How about a podication for me, as I've been listening for so many years, looking forward forward to the next Port of Calls on your journey? Well, here we are. Port of Call, why have we never done a feature? (laughs) Annabelle Port called Port of Call. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Regards, Neil Thomas one of our drifters, which is what we've decided to call the listeners mm-hmm. to, to this podcast. And the other one comes from Alistair Merrill, who says, good luck with the show. If I was witty enough, I'd love to write something entertaining for you to read out as a podcast, but I'm not. I don't think you need to worry about that. I mean, we're not worrying about that no. with the rest of the <laughs> programme, so I don't know why you should in the podications. However, if you're desperate to fill airtime and show you have at least one real listener, my daughter's Aria... Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Arya Stark. Are you watching it? No, I'm not, no. When did you give up on it? Um, I think when the dragons got a bit bigger. Right, yeah. Mm. A lot of people are put off by dragons. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be into it now, though. Okay. You're not going to... Have I, I just... missed anything? <laughs> I'm sure it's the thing you'd easily get back into if you skip a couple of seasons. Does your lover not watch it? He does, yeah. So where are you when he's watching it? Mm, in bed reading. But you've got a big TV. It must be loud. You must hear what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just... How many series did you watch? I think I watched the first three or four. I don't understand how you can commit that much time to something and not see it through to its conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I see a point. I can't. It's hard to argue with. Okay. Uh, and Rani, and would love it if you gave us a shout out. 
They're too young, nine and seven, to appreciate either how brilliant stroke terrible you are. <laughs> I think we know which. Mm. But they'd be thrilled to hear my friends on the radio say hello to them. You better mention my long-suffering and wonderful wife, Neelam, who just about tolerates me. But I'm sorry to say she wasn't a listener. Maybe she'll come adrift, though. Mm. I don't know. I mean, is, is that all those years of doing the radio show, mm. the most common thing we would read in the podications <laughs> was, I don't know anybody else who listens to this, yeah. stroke. Um, I've tried to get my wife, stroke, friends, stroke, colleagues to listen to it, and they don't like it. Yeah, that's so painful. I can't imagine that will change no. now. No, no. So I doubt it. But thanks for the attempt, Alistair. Says many thanks and all the best wishes. P.S. I'm quite chuffed that you've adopted my suggestion of branding your followers and fans drifters. Yes, that was your idea. Thank you for that. Um, We should reward him in some way. Yeah, we'll think about that. Yeah. Mm. Maybe Annabelle could get your face tattooed onto her baby. (laughs) Are you allowed to tattoo a baby? Is that really your first thought? Really? Wow. It was my second thought. Oh, God. No one ever hear what the first one was. That was the uh, one you thought, I better not say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, long may we drift aimlessly together on the turbulent seas of life. Oh, God, here we go. PPS, <laughs> Jeff, have you thought about asking your oligarch friend, Lord Sugar? Friend. Or your number one fan, the wealthy William Shatner, fan. if they'd like to sponsor the show? Oh. Those wounds... Not they were just starting to heal. They were oh, still quite scabby. Yeah, but um, you know that that is salt in those wounds, <laughs> Alistair. Mm. If you don't know that, if you you know you are a, a new person who's accidentally stayed listening right to the end of this, then th- those stories I'm sure will come out in due course. Yeah. Well, thank Alistair. I just I feel very indebted to you for uh, for coming up with drifters. So. Um, Oh, and I don't know if this is related, but it's completely subliminal. But I was in the news agency the other day, uh, feeling like I needed a, a sugar hit, mm. and I bought a drifter. Oh. And I think that's possibly because of Alistair putting the word drifter in my mind. Because I don't think anyone's bought a drifter for several decades. So yeah. I, I know this sounds hacky because it's what people say about um, curly whirlies, or but they are so much shorter than they ever used to be. Oh. And and what this isn't is me growing or whatever. I mean, compared yeah. to a, twi- a Twix, right? Yeah. A drifter used to be a biscuity equivalent of a Twix, right? Yeah, a caramelly, yeah. wafery equivalent of a Twix. Not, probably two-thirds the size of a Twix. Disgusting. <laughs> I dissociate myself from the word drifter immediately. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> and then I thought, um, so I see these drifters and I, I think, oh, I know what, what would be funny if I – buy two of them Mm. and then take a picture and then tweet it with just the picture of two drifters Mm. and then write off to see the world. Okay. Like the line from Moon River. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is going to go viral. This is going to be my thing that sends me viral. Yeah. I had about six likes and one retweet. (laughs) Oh, okay. £1.20 though. That was the budget. (laughs) Really didn't recoup costs. You should have said I'd take them together and done a tweet that said, drifters have got loads bigger. (laughs) That would have been good. That's not good. (laughs) Makes sense. Because you're saying they've got smaller. No, but I would Everyone... say that. But people aren't thinking that because nobody's seen a drifter in oh, 15 years or more. Yeah, true. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it was a good tweet. All right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are the podications podicated to Neil Thomas and Alistair Merrill and Aria and Rani and I suppose Neilam. I suppose. Thank you for those. And um, if you would like a podication, email us at hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks for downloading. And once again, I beg of you, please subscribe on iTunes, rate and review. More next week. If you know where you're going, it doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.